ladies and gentlemen, it is the Baggies Broadcast. It's season three, episode 34. My name is Luke Hatfield, and as ever, I am joined by the one, the only Albion correspondent, the Express and Star, Mr. Joe Massey. Joe, how you doing? I am very, very well, thank you. Um, yeah, very good. Um, we seem to be talking all the time at the minute, don't we? It's, uh, it's, a, it's a game and a podcast, a game and a video, but here we are again. Um, after an absolutely... Well, after two fantastic results. So, yes, mate, I am very, very good. Thank you. Not getting uh, sick of the sound of my voice yet, though, I hope. No, 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 mate. No, could never be sick of you, could I? I did have... Um, I will tell you a little story, actually. Go on. Um, I rocked up at the Hawthorne yesterday, and obviously you've got to go through all this... Um, you've got to go through the rigmarole now of filling out this form. Um, mm. um, of, uh, like, saying you haven't got COVID, basically. You haven't got any symptoms of COVID. And then you have to have your temperatures checked and stuff. Anyway, I was walking to the ground, and there was this really nice, like, lady on the gate. Yeah. Really lovely. She, she's work, she works for Albion. I don't know, like, maybe she was, like, I don't know how old she was, but I won't, won't say an age, because you get it wrong, you get in trouble, don't you? But, mm. um, and she, uh, I was walking up, and she goes, ah, uh, oh, you're, um, you're that reporter who hates wolves, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, 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 that's me, yeah. <laughs> that's me, she goes, she goes, I hate Villa. Um, and she goes, and I hate, I hate wolves. She goes, those dingles have just got no common sense. And I thought, <laughs> what a great way of putting it. What an absolutely great way of putting it. You're absolutely right. Those dingles have got no common sense. Um, so, yeah, I'm good, mate. I enjoyed that little bit of chat before I got in the ground and enjoyed the game. So, all good, mate. All good. I love how you're known as the reporter who hates wolves. Yeah, that is kind of my thing. It was my thing, like, wolves, like... I was known that when I covered Walsall as well, but um, but yeah, she she I liked her. She was cool. She um <clears throat> doesn't like Villa. She doesn't like Wolves. Um, who does really? Um, no one I on mean, this I podcast like anyway. No one on this podcast anyway. And uh, yeah, good day, good day. I mean, I'm all for her Wolves dislike. The Villa dislike. I'm not behind. Um, no one likes Wolves today. I just like that. No common sense. I thought that was absolute class. I'm going <laughs> to use that from now on every time I see um a Dingle supporting friend. <laughs> I'm sure you. I'm sure you'll give it give it to him um, quite 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 strongly, Joe. Um, it's funny because I tell you what. Last episode, we were worried. We were talking about is this a little bit of a blip for Albion coming at the worst possible time? Um, two wins. I mean, and the mood is visibly lifted everywhere, isn't it? It's weird, isn't it? Because we said didn't we? We said last week when we were doing it, that all I wanted basically was to be able to sit here this time, doing this podcast, talking about two wins. Um, and we had to be, I wanted to be able to beat last week because I really believed Albion would win these two games. Um, I thought they'd get back on track. And look, everyone was a little bit nervous. Of course they were. I mean, we saw the performance against Blues. They looked very, 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 very rusty. Um, match, lacking match sharpness, as Billich puts it. Um, <clears throat> Brentford, they were pretty much... Like match sharpness again, really. Not a lot between the two sides, it has to be said. Um, Brentford didn't create an awful lot, but they were the better team and they did get that one goal. Um, and it did make everyone a little bit anxious. Um, but yeah, but that anxiety, as we've said before, uh, it continued in the first half at Sheffield Wednesday. Football's a funny old game. It's amazing how, like, in the, in the flick of an eye, if you like, one moment, one incident can change something. Um, it doesn't have to be a goal, like you see in games where it might be a crunching tackle or like a, a red card or something, whatever, but mm. Charlie Austin's goal, well, penalty um, at Hillsborough, it's just changed absolutely everything, really. Um, 
Mateus Pereira in, in a flash has gone from being incredibly rusty, if we're being honest, to hands down the best player in the championship again. Um, and everyone was talking about a lack of goals. It was zero goals in four games, four league games. Everyone was panicking about that. And now it's seven goals in two. Um, it's a completely different turnaround. It's a complete turnaround. Even at the other end of the pitch, you got it where Albany have kept so many clean sheets recently and defensively have been so good. Um, but they looked ropey against Hull, didn't they? Mm. <laughs> um, so it's from one extreme to the other. It's crazy, crazy times. But I think all we wanted was to be able to be sat here recording this this podcast, episode 30, whatever we're on. And... Um, with two wins in the pocket and that's what we've got so I think everyone is a lot happier um, a lot calmer um, and just feeling a bit more settled and about where Al- the Albion will go on and win promotion to the Premier League eventually mm, Yeah, I mean let's talk about the Wednesday game before we get on to Hull, I mean we've obviously covered these in our post-match videos anyway um, so if you haven't watched them then please do but it was really all about that first goal wasn't it because Albion, I mean up until that penalty and the goal, for me, they just they looked very similar to, to the performances against Brentford and Blues, where they were a little bit rusty, things weren't really clicking, and then obviously they get the goal, and visibly, I mean, every single player, the coaches, everyone was just lifted. You could see that, that the shackles came off, didn't they? Yeah, and it's, it's amazing. It is amazing. I mean, you'll hear it. In football, in stories, you'd be able to read it a million times and managers, players have listed it a million times in the past that essentially a player with confidence is completely different to a player without confidence. Um, and unless you are elite, unless you are Cristiano Ronaldo or Zlatan Ibrahimovic or you have that just incredible self-belief, um, I think all players struggle with it. Um, mm. It comes down to this thing. I say it time and time and time again. They are human beings. It's, it's hard to believe it. Like, would I be surprised if Mateus Pereira ripped off his Albion shirt and there was a great big red S on his chest? No, I wouldn't, because he is just <laughs> superhuman. But, but he is human. Um, and I think they were all they were all lacking a little bit of confidence. I think they were. Um, it is incredible when you think of the talent that exists in Pereira in particular. Um, but you'd have to say the same for Dean Garner. I mean, look at Dean Garner yesterday against Hull. I mean, like the flicks and tricks. When he nutmeg, nutmeg that that lad. I mean, that's banned, oh, that's, that's banned in some countries, isn't it? I mean, he sent him off halfway to Wolverhampton. It was yeah. I mean, no one deserves that. But I mean, I know, and that's what he did to him. <laughs> but he, yeah. I mean, he just. It's just, it's, it's just no comparison, is there? There's no comparison between Pereira and Dean Garner yesterday to Pereira and Dean Garner against Blues or, or uh, Brentford. It's just, you can't compare them. And it's amazing when you think how talented they are that they, just, that they, they do need that little lift. Um, but they did need it and they, they got it from that Austin, that Austin goal. And you can't, you, the truth is, it, was, it came from a free kick. Dar Roche was bundled over. And there's a very good chance that if that defender hadn't fouled O'Shea, the Albion would not have scored from that set piece. Mm. I mean, these are the margins we're talking about here. Um, but he did bundle him over. I, I don't think anyone doubted that Austin was going to pull it away. Um, which, when you think... when you Well, I mean, I think maybe going into... Let me, tell me if I'm wrong. I, I might be going to get a bit ahead of myself. But I think maybe if you were 
the only two question marks maybe you'd have over the transfer policy in the summer, maybe Austin and Zahor. I don't know, maybe that's a bit harsh on Austin, I don't know. But now there's no doubt about it, he's been worth every penny, hasn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think Zahor's the big one. Um, I'd say considering Zahor's the money that was spent on him. Austin, yeah, he didn't, he didn't quite hit the ground running, but he started providing the goals, and he's that man who, if you need a chance taking, as, as shown against Hull, which we'll get onto, he's the man to do it. And you just think, there's just something about him that you think he's going to fire Albion up. You just, and in... It's this time of it's this time, isn't it? It's that it's this time where the pressure is on. Every game matters. You need people who can handle it, basically. Who can who've got the experience, who can handle the pressure and the expectation. And there isn't a striker really who does it better than Austin. He's just so calm. Um, even now, he's so calm in front of goal. Um, so, yeah, he's been. Yeah, he tucked away that penalty. We never doubted he would. And then it lifted everyone, didn't it? It lifted absolutely everyone. Mm. Um, and different team. different, Completely different team in the second half and a, and a completely different team against Hull yesterday. Yeah, and that, like, I mean, you said the goal lifted out. In one man, it certainly lifted was Pereira because he went on to, well, he got a double against Sheffield Wednesday and then put in, I mean, a stunning performance which we will get onto against Hull. Um but the first goal for Pereira against Wednesday, I mean, as, as players go, you don't expect him to be the man winning headers and, and tucking him away like, like he did. Yeah, he's, he's like, it's his second header goal, though, I think I'm right in saying. I know he's definitely, got, he's definitely got one more. He's definitely on two. I don't know if he's scored more than that. But it's his second header goal. And, yeah, he's just a, he's a, he's a terrier, isn't he? He's going to go for everything. He's, not gonna, he's just not the type of person to shirk away from anything, I don't think. I think... Um, Callum Robertson had a really big hand in that goal, um, initially, initially taking the ball into the box. And obviously, it was a simple pass to Gibbs, but he then makes a run that gets him in space and Pereira in space. And yeah, Pereira just nodded it in. in and it was a brilliant goal, wasn't it? It was a lovely mm. cross, a lovely header. Um, and you could see the celebration, what it meant to him. He was straight off, sliding on his knees and stuff. And it just set, set, set him on his way and set everyone else on their way. It was. It was quality mm. and then of course the game against Hull um, West Brom running away 4-2 winners in the end um, no goals this time for Pereira but my god what a showing from him uh, hat-trick of assists we've seen him provide um, some superb assists but this, through through the first half of that game and particularly for me the first 35 minutes or so it seemed that every ball he was playing into the box and he was I mean they were causing havoc down that right wing um, at times, every every ball into the box was on the money from Pereira. Well, yeah, but, but that's, and it's nineteen assists now, isn't it, for the season? Bit of sort of disputing about that stat. Some people say it's fifteen. Some people say it's nineteen. You got nineteen. I got nineteen because I just give him the benefit of the doubt. Well, yeah, he wants the assists, and we want to give them to him, don't we? So he, he might as well have them. We might as well give him nineteen. And, and it, but the nineteen includes things like balls that lead to own goals and penalties won and stuff. So to me, they are assists. Um, mm. They lead to goals at the end of the day, don't they? So they are assists. And yeah, he was just he was absolutely sensational. What else can we say? We've said it a million times already. Um, everyone's seen if the highlights. Everyone's seen the ball for Krasicki's goal. Um, he was, um, he was, he's playing a di- when he's like that, he's playing a different sport, isn't he? Mm. Um, he is just... You can't underestimate 19 assists for the season. I mean, he's not... 
We've still got five games to go. Um, Eight point two five million pounds. I've been going to pay for him. I mean, he's the bargain of the century. He really what is. What a deal! What a deal that is. That is unbelievable when you think about it. Um, I suppose there was so much quality in in terms of the performance against Hull. It's it's easy to kind of paper over the cracks. The cracks. Sorry of um, uh, some of the some of the negatives. I mean, defending set pieces for me. It seemed to be a real problem for Albion, and of course Hull, you know, got back into the game um, off of a set piece, and there was a number of balls into the box before that, which Albion didn't really seem comfortable defending, did they? No, it was um, it was a strange. It was a bit strange yesterday. Um, I think there's been a lot said about how shaky Albion looked defensively, and Billich was very, very honest post match. He said he couldn't be happy with his entire team. Um, he said that they were shaky at the back. He said he, he, he felt they were nervous, mm. um, um, nervous about conceding. Some of the, some of the really interesting things he said though was, and it, this isn't he wasn't being critical he, he, when he says this. He's being more, I'd say, more factual. But he said what what annoyed him was he felt Albion was struggling to deal with he, what he called simple football, and I, and, I, and I don't think he does. I don't think he means that. Derogatory at all towards mm. Hull. Um, he just mean, he, and what he mean, but what he does mean by that is, is basically direct football where you play off second balls. And the reason why I don't think he's being derogatory about that is because there's been times this season where he's told Albion to play off second balls. Um, like he's, he's, he was big on that, particularly sort of around that time when they got those wins at Millwall and Bristol City and stuff. So, <clears throat> mm. I mean, they weren't as they've never been overly direct, but. He's been very big on second balls, so yeah. But the the, the positive was that Hull played in a very very similar way to Sheffield Wednesday, um, and Albion dealt with that expertly. There was never that Sheffield Wednesday were didn't really they they, they they were bright in that first half, but they didn't really create a lot. Um, no. And in the games prior to Wednesday, obviously Brentford and Blues. I mean, Blues didn't have a sniff, did they? I mean, not a sniff. Um, and Brentford didn't really create anything by their goal. So I think overall, you have to say, since lo- since the restart, Albion have defended very, very well. They did look shaky yesterday. Let's not mm. let's not pretend they didn't. They did. Um, but I have to. I think you have to take every game in isolation and to a certain extent. And I think. Um, Hull were very, very open, very, very yeah. expansive, and it led to sort of Albion being a bit more open and a bit more expansive, and it just created for what really f- was a very entertaining game of football for 90 minutes. It was oh, brilliant for the neutral. It wasn't as I, it, I mean, Billich would, he said he, he, did, he wanted it to be open when they were attacking and not open when they, when they didn't have the ball to close it off, and they didn't quite manage to do that yesterday, but... I don't think there needs to be some sort of like frenzy about that Albion weren't great defensively yesterday. I think they've been very, very good defensively since the restart. And I think it's just one game. It's just one game where the opposition set up very, very open. Um, and I'll tell you what, if any team wants to take on Albion and say, we'll go open, you go open, let's see who outscores the other one, I'll take it. Oh, yeah. I'll absolutely take it because I, I can pretty much guarantee that Albion will score more goals than they will. Oh, yeah, you'd think uh, so. 
with uh, their front line, who were, by the way, absolutely emphatic yesterday. I mean, we highlighted Pereira, uh, and I've got a miniature segment coming up um, about him. But to be honest, every forward-thinking player for the baggies against Hull, I thought was was on the money, and there were there was quality all over. I mean, Dean Garner. We've discussed some of the some of the ridiculous. Um, skills we saw from him but I thought Grzycki was really good in his first start for the baggies as well and the fact that I mean you highlighted it in the post-match video the likes of Callum Robinson didn't even get on the pitch I mean imagine if he did I mean and I mean I mean and I absolutely love him I think he's such a good player um yeah I mean ridiculous absolute wealth of options um yeah, it's absolutely incredible. It's absolutely incredible for. Like, I thought Grzycki was really good yesterday. Mm. Um, really, really good. He's 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 like he's he's he's, he's 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 kind of unpolished in a way. Like he's not. Um, sometimes he makes like strange decisions. I think, um, and he very very much relies on his pace, which is absolutely blistering. Mm. Um, he really is rapid. I mean, he's, I'd imagine he's the fastest player in the squad. He looks so quick um, but yeah like it was funny because like, he, he got to, he had a sort of a strange shot um, that got right real tight angle um, that George Long parried away and, and Pereira was absolutely livid with him um, <laughs> for not cutting the ball back absolutely livid but then from the corner they scored anyway um, but yeah I mean I thought he was I thought he was very very good yesterday Grzycki very very good very very lively he's he's you could tell so every time he got on the ball, Hull panicked. They um, knew what he was capable of as well, didn't they? Yeah. Having played with him all the season. And I think that pace will... Any defence, really, is going to be going to be worried when he gets on the ball. So, I mean, he did enough to keep his place, didn't he? You'd have to say he did enough to keep his place. And this is a player who, for the first two games, wasn't in the squad. Mm. He wasn't even on the bench, so... Yeah, remarkable, really. Remarkable. You do wonder what it means to someone like Matt Phillips, who has blown hot and cold, uh, didn't really do it on the on the restart. Mind you, Albion weren't playing great immediately after the restart. You do wonder what it means for a player like him, don't you? Because you've got Callum Robinson, who's there on loan, and obviously he's got so much quality. Uh, I'd, I'd be amazed if he, if he drops him at any point, Billich. And then you've got the likes of Pereira and Diangana, who themselves were very good. For Matt Phillips, it's, it's maybe a, a little bit of a worrying sign. Yeah, I mean, we touched on it in the last podcast, didn't we? I mean, I don't know. This was going to sound a bit brutal, really, but he had his chance, didn't he? And, and, and you're right, it did, come, it did come at a time when the whole team weren't firing. Um, but and Matt Phillips is a, is a good player, but I don't, I don't, I don't know what... I don't, I, don't, I don't really see what his case is at the minute. I don't, mm. I don't, I don't see how he can play um, when everyone else has stepped in and done so well. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, I don't expect him to be in the squad for Derby. Um, and if Albion carry on the way they are, I don't know. I mean, we might not see him again this season. I really don't know. But I mean, I, I hope we do. But yeah, what can you say? What, what, what can you say other than? Krizicki, I think everyone listening to this would say at this moment in time, Krizicki, Pereira, Dean Garner, Robinson are ahead of him. Yeah. I don't think anyone could argue with that really. 
It's definitely it's it's definitely his shirt to lose now, isn't it, Grisicki? You should think. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know if it's like I don't know if it's like I don't know if it works like that really. I don't. I I think Bilic will look at each game and decide maybe more just based on the opposition. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Robinson come in. Um, if he wanted to go a bit more narrow in a narrow four three three and have Pereira and Robinson, um, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if Dean Garner got another start on the right. Uh, oh no, because I'd probably be on the right, wouldn't it? But on the left, I don't know. I don't know. I'm thinking four two three one there. You never know. But it might go back to four two three one. But I don't. I, I genuinely, genuinely don't know. I think <clears throat> there's there's wingers. They're all wingers who on their day will absolutely tear up the championship. So. Mm. I think you can't. I just don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know if anyone can really cement a, a place for these five games, or whether I think Bilic will just keep maybe keep freshening it up a little bit and maybe look at it a bit more on who they're playing and how he wants to line up tactically. Unless you're Mateus Pereira. Oh yeah, but but he's. I mean, yeah, but he's. The but he's Mateus Pereira. But he's Mateus Pereira. Yeah. Um, so I mean, don't get me wrong. Grady Dingano is incredibly special, but. Then there's Mateus Pereira, isn't there? He is just a class above, isn't he? Um, another good point, and I thought, I thought everyone was willing him on when he did come on. Chris Brunt came on. I thought he, he didn't he didn't try anything too fancy, but he looked good. And I think that every time Albion went forward, people were just begging Brunty to be on the end of something. Um, and there was one opportunity I had where he was he was he was he was kind of played in. Um, but then decided to cut it back. I mean, I was uh, in my watch long. I was I was begging him to just just go for goal because I I know what Brunty's like and he does want to lay out assists and he's you know that type of player. But I think everyone wants him to get a goal before the season's out, don't they? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, all, all Albion fans like you want him to get a goal. You're absolutely right. Albion and fans like me. And they just think you mean uh, you mean Villa fans who just... who cover Albion. I mean, you, the way you talk, you can't carry on like that. It's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> but anyway, um, I think it was funny with Brunt because I think it, I don't want to take anything away from him. I really don't. This is, might sound a bit strange, but he did really well when he came on and he kept things tidy and he was very, very vocal. He helped Albin keep the ball and he was really, really... Like, he just Albin definitely, definitely improved for his, in, for his introduction um, and I was absolutely thrilled to see him come on and thrilled to see him do so well. You read some comments... And it was like he completely changed the game. I was like, oh, Chris Brown was amazing. <laughs> oh, Chris Brown, oh, he's amazing. Uh, he's got a start against Dart. I think, I think that what that, a lot of that was was pure affection for the man. I'm not, mm. I, don't, I don't mean to, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think he could have really done any more in the time he was on the field. He definitely, definitely provided leadership. He definitely ensured that Albion kept the ball better. It was definitely like... Um, a cracking sub by Bilic and, and, and improve things. Um, I just, but I kind of think that's nice, really, the way people were talking about it and the way they were saying, like, oh, what is, is mass- this, this massive impact he had because it just shows them just how loved he is, really. Mm. Um, and just everyone was just... I think everyone got a little bit carried away just at seeing him again um, and just being so happy that he was on the pitch. So, um, yeah, lovely. He, he was very, very good. He was very, very good. Um, and it, and it was it was it was lovely to see him out there. It really was. I mm, know. Uh, I'm going to end on a slight negative, of course, um, but a very positive podcast today. Um, Ahmed Aghazi did really well. I thought um, 
two silly bookings so to get himself sent off and 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 out of contention for that derby game. Uh, good good header, but the red card a little bit silly. And then obviously Kieran Gibbs, which is yet another injury to add to the list for him. And and you do wonder. I mean, I know we covered it in the post match video. You do wonder with a hamstring, just just how soon he'll be back. Even if it's a slight tweak, you might not want to risk him too soon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, Agassi, what can you say really? I mean, the first one was a bit a bit silly, but players do it, don't they, to try and stop the opposition gaining, like being able to take a quick free kick. Mm. Um, I'm not. I've got to be honest. I'm not massively sure what happened on the second one. I think it was just a bit of a coming together with Wilkes. Um, he was ahead of him, to be fair, and I think it's one of them where he's done it and he's thought that they're going to be advantage and he might might get away with that second card, but obviously it was brought back. Um, so, yeah, he's gone. Um, it's a shame for him because he can't... He just can't get that extended run of games, can he? Mm. he just um, And I do think he's been very good since the restart. He'd be disappointed with his role in Brentford's goal. Um... But overall, I think he's been very, very, very solid um, and played well. Just he's justified his selection really, um, which we said before is such a big. It was such a big call um, playing him ahead of Carl Bartley. But he's definitely justified that. And of course, he had one off the line yesterday. Mm. He um, scored scored from a corner. Um, so he had a good game overall. But then, yeah, well, yeah. But then that obviously that red card does. It is a shame. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of Kieran Gibbs, what again, what else can you say? I mean, it's a similar story all season. He's just been absolutely blighted by injuries. Same same hamstring issue. Do you so, think it's a matter of maybe Billet should have rotated him a little bit? Because it can be a, it can be a tough position to play, you know, fullback. You're up and down that flank quite a bit. I don't I don't think you can put any 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 blame on Billet, really. Um, um I just think he's Fragile. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how she can say it. I mean, look, it's a it's a it's a quick run of games. That's been a quick run of games. But we've only just really got into the thick of it. Like you have to remember that there was mm. the first. They did have a full week in between the first two games. All right. I think Albion played on the Saturday and the Friday. Is that right? They played. They had six days in between it, rather than that. Can be a standard week though in in an ordinary season, can't it? So yeah. So like, okay. Games have been thick and fast, but I don't, we're not really at. We're still. We're only. We're in the middle of this run now, aren't we? But it's at the end of it where we're really going to see things like it taking its toll. I think. I mean, the, the players haven't played for three months. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I don't. I don't think you can put any emphasis on Billich or the or the or the, or the fitness side of it. I think. You can't replicate games at the end of the day. Training isn't matches. Um, doesn't matter how hard you train, it hasn't got the same intensity as matches. And in these games, it seems that after a couple, he keeps breaking down again, which is which is a real shame. It's a real, 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 real shame. But you, you look at the reaction from fans yesterday, and everyone sort of was expecting it. Um, we all know what a good player he is, and there isn't anyone out there who doesn't think he's a brilliant footballer. Um, a marvellous player, but he just can't string the games together. Um, I don't know. I don't know where he goes from here. Really, I really, really don't know where he goes from here and where Albion go from here because he, there's no doubt, ability-wise, he's good enough to be the first choice left back in whatever league they're in next season. 
Um, but you, you can't rely on him. Sadly, you can't rely on him. Hmm. It's a shame, isn't it? It's just such a shame because he's arguably he's one of the best left backs in the league, and he's arguably one of Albion's best defenders when he's fit and firing, isn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. He is, he is. No, like I just said, there's no way you can't. You, there isn't anyone listening to this who will question his quality. There isn't. Um, everyone knows he's top draw, especially in the championship, and everyone probably thinks he's a he's a Premier League left back as well. But I don't know what you can do. I don't. I don't I don't know what I don't know what you can say about. It. I feel bad about it. I don't. I don't like. I don't, you get get no pleasure from saying you can't rely on someone because. But I don't know. You see it with other players. Like you've seen it with other players in the past. They just cannot put that extended run of games together. And mm. there's nothing. I think we'd, no, there's nothing anyone would like more than him for him to do it and to prove everyone wrong. But you do expect it with him. Unfortunately, it's just a shame. It's very very sad. It's very very sad because he's still. I don't know how old he is. Is he twenty nine? Yeah, he's not. He's not. He's not up there in terms of age. I don't think. So but he's like thirty. He's thirty. Yeah. I mean, I'm thirty. He's me. You mean him in the same age? Um, I mean, yeah. You'll still have. I don't know. If, what you need? I mean, in an ideal world. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you need actually. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know what you do. I don't. I generally don't know what you do with him. I. I, I can't. I can't, I, I can't really work out. You, you can't have players who don't play very often. It's just not... I don't know. I feel sorry for him. I really do. Hmm. Um, right. I've got, a, I've got a special segment for you, Joe. Um, you were there at the game yesterday. I think, I think everyone who was at the Hawthorns in terms of journalists and, and whoever else uh, would have just seen how absolutely filthy Mateus Pereira's pass was to Grisicki for the third goal. I mean, Joe, how how disgusting was that pass? Yeah, I mean, I have to admit, being there in the flesh, you didn't, I didn't realise how good it was. Um, you just, I, I, and you have to remember when it arrived, it was, Hull had just scored. Um, <laughs> so I think everyone's head was in a bit of a spin. Um, and then you see Pereira thread this ball and Grizzly firing, and just like, wow, it's 3-2. Like, amazing, amazing. And then it wasn't until I saw that on again, really, um, on the clips that I'm going around on Twitter that I realised just how good a pass it was and just how many players he took out with that single ball. It wasn't, I mean, it's a pass of the season. There's no, I can't think of a better pass than that. I've not seen a better pass than that this year. I'd argue it's his best assist this season. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah I'd, I'd, I would genuinely argue it's the, best, it's the best pass that's been made in the Championship this season. I mean, I've not seen them all, have I? And I'm a little bit biased, but... Um, I, I mean, I... If anyone's done that, then if anyone's better that, then fair play to them. But I don't, I don't even know if it's possible. I mean, it was naughty. And what I've done is, Joe, I've put together a list of things that that pass was naughtier than. And you're gonna, you're gonna tell me whether I'm right or wrong in saying so. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you this list. If anyone at home has any more that they would like to share, they can do it. They can tweet us. Um, first one, Pereira's pass was naughtier. Than testing grapes in the supermarket. You know when you nick a grape just to see whether the grapes taste good. Yeah, does anyone actually do that? I mean, I hope people do. Otherwise, it's just me. Uh, <laughs> do you do you that? gotta try one. You gotta make sure the grapes are good. Do you do that a lot? Not, not often. I do, it's not very often I do the food shop. If I'm being honest. Um. I don't. Uh, okay. Uh. Yeah. Naughtier, Pereira. Naughtier than that. Okay. Yeah. 
Pereira's pass was naughtier than Babe Station. Naughtier. Yeah. <laughs> um, Pereira's pass, no, I don't condone this, was naughtier than accidental self-scanning mishaps. Um, you know when you're in Tesco or Asda, I assume you do it in Morrison's all the time when you pick up your, your Morrison's meal deal. You ever accidentally misscanned something and got it for a little bit cheaper? Everyone's done that, haven't they? Yeah, is it naughtier than that? Is Pereira's pass naughtier than that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's not that naughty, really. I mean, it's stealing. Yeah, isn't it? They can't, They must have expected it when they in- introduced those machines. <laughs> um, Pereira's pass was naughtier than doing an amber gamble. You know what I'm on about, Joe. Oh, is that when you're driving? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see the traffic light changing, you just speed up just to get there for a number. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really want to condone oh yeah I don't condone any of this uh, I'm just saying whether or not it's naughtier than it yeah naughtier Pereira's pass was naughtier than nicking the fries from the bottom of a bag of Mackies nicking them yeah you know like you ordered like a group meal so say me and you you know back when football's back to normal we'll go to a Mackies uh, and for some reason the drive through's not working uh, or even if it is you know they stick the fries in and they're, they're obviously in two little fry holders and then there's the ones at the bottom of the bag. Yeah. And instead of like sharing them out, you just take them all. Yeah, I do that. I do that. Yeah, I mean, I know you do that. Um, I sort of because I do it. I don't think it's that bad. So yeah, I still think Pereira's pass was not. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's a weird segment. It is a weird segment. <laughs> I thought it when I was writing it, but I was like, you know what? It might work. It might not. If it doesn't, let me know. Pereira's pass was naughtier than I think. You're, th- I think this one might be a little bit lost on you. J Rod's handball against Villa. Do you remember that? You weren't covering Albion at the time. No, I remember the. F- oh no, I don't really remember it. Do you remember the furore yeah, surrounding it? Yeah, a bit. Yeah, you can answer that one. Uh, I think the pass was probably naughtier than that. Um, Pereira's pass was naughtier than. Relieving yourself in a bush before the Sunday League game. Everyone's done that. Yeah, but is it naughtier than it or not? No, that's not naughty. <laughs> Public urination, not naughty apparently. <laughs> Joe Massey, 2020. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> Last one. You can just hear everyone uh, turning off their, their iPhones and stopping listening to this podcast. Don't worry, I'll listen. I'll, I'll read the stats and I'll see the massive drop-off at this point. Pereira's pass was naughtier than seeing someone drop a tenner and pick it up without, and then you pick it up without returning it. Ah, that's bad. That's really bad. That's really bad. It wasn't as naughty as that. Have that's, you ever done that? No, I've never done that. Fair play to you. I, I, can't, I can't testify to not doing that, I'm too afraid. When I was a kid, I did that once. What, someone dropped a tenner and you ran and picked it up and ran away? Well, you know what I did? I, um, I was, this was when I was at school. So it was the end of school. I was maybe 11 or 12 years old and I saw someone drop £10. And I walked over and did the old thing where you, 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 know, you step on it. You look around, make sure no one spotted you. And then I went to tie my laces when they didn't need tying. And just, just slid the tenner. But a tenner for me that time. <sighs> Serious money, mate. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, I know, I know. Do you know how many Freddos a tenner could buy back then? Oh yeah, 10p back in the day, wouldn't they? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I don't blame you for doing that really, when you're a kid. Ten, the tenner's like, 
an absolute fortune. And, uh, Tennis like winning the lottery yeah, at that age. Yeah. I used to get a quid a week. It's better to do it as a kid than to do it as as like your age now. Oh, I wouldn't do it now. Can you imagine that? Um, yeah, so that's more naughty though. All right, okay. We'll see how that segment went down. We'll see if people reply to that. Because Joe, I don't think you were into it. No, it was all right. It grew on me, to be fair. But at, <laughs> at the start, I thought, "What are we doing here?" But then it did. Yeah, it grew on me. It grew on me. Out of ten. Oh, a solid four. <laughs> a solid four. I'm just saying that to annoy you. I can't believe that. That is absolute robbery. I cannot believe this treatment. Uh, all right, shall we get on to questions? <laughs> yes. Okay, um, first one comes from Leo Watkins. Is Darnell Furlong the unluckiest player of time? Uh, he should be called Darnell Furlow. I love that. I think that's a very good. That's very good. I mean, give that a rating out of 10, that joke. I'll give that a 10. A 10? A 9. A 9? Yeah. I can't believe that's being considered better than my Mateus Pereira segment. Unbelievable. Better, but doubly better. You know what? I really, I've really liked Dan, Darnell Furlong as a player, though. I do think he's unlucky. I like him too. I really, really like him. Um, oh, but I love O'Shea. O'Shea was very good, to be fair. I mean, in a in a team that defensively didn't look great, I think O'Shea did a fair bit. Um, he is turning into my new little, like, favourite, really. Um, it was Hal Robson Carnu at risk. Um, I do have my favourites, and... Once you're in there, it's very hard to get out. Like you're in fate. So you have Robson Carney doesn't have, to, have anything to worry about. But O'Shea is rapidly gaining favourite status. I've got to be honest. Um, I asked Spillage about him the other day, and he gave some lovely quotes that I'll probably be putting out tomorrow. Um, but he was so complimentary about him. So complimentary. Um, mm. I just think it's so strange that he he's not a right back. Like, he's not a right-back. He's a centre-back playing out of position. Um, I just think he's so good. I thought he made one interception yesterday for it to, to keep to intercept a through ball that probably... Oh, I remember it. Um, brilliant. He made a, he, he's so robust. And, it, and what I really love about him is he just gets on with it. He gets kicked, put it to post. Whenever he's fouled, he just gets back up again. There's no, mm. there's no messing around. He just gets back up, gets on with it. Um... And uh, I think he's really good in the air. I think he's strong in a tackle. And he's quick, you know. And he's, uh, he's got a decent delivery on him. Yeah. Um, real decent delivery. I think he's a massive, massive plus. Uh, I think his future is ridiculously bright. And I think, yeah, I just think he's an absolute smashing young player. I really, really do. Mm. Um, huge, huge fan of him. Huge fan. Richard Downing, will the club offer Slavon Bilic an improved contract? Uh, I'm assuming if they, it, he means if they go up. Uh, I think you've kind of got him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are, uh, I don't want to knock the question. I just don't think it's the time to be asking. Um, football is such an emotional game that swings so wildly where opinions are so quick to change. Um, and I just, don't, I, just, I just think, let's just win promotion. Let's just mm. win promotion, and then we can start looking, talking about Slavin's contract then. And I think everyone would feel like that, really. I feel like every, 
if Albion don't go up this season, then there's there's going to be a lot of pressure on him, and there's going to be a cloud over him, and pe people will start talking and stuff. So I just think there's nothing I want more than him to stay. There's nothing I'd, I'd if it was it, I'd lo I'd love him to sign a ten-year deal. I really, really would. Um, I just don't. I just don't think now's the time. We've got we've got five games to go. Let's crack on. Let's win promotion to the Premier League, and then let's talk about it. Because um, I think yes, I think he's, when he signed Billich, it was of a two-year plan um, to get Albion up within two years. But the the truth is now he has to get him up this year, doesn't he? Because they've been in the top two all season, mm. um, and if Albion don't go up this season, then everything we've spoken about and all the wonderful football and all Pereira's assists and this, that and the other, it's going to be forgotten a little bit because everyone's going to talk about the year they they didn't go up, like they, they, they didn't get the job done. So I just think let's just take things stage stage by stage. It doesn't, it doesn't, it, it, it just doesn't have to be like, oh, we're doing well, let's give him a deal or we're not doing well, Billich needs to go. Just Let's just get up um, and then we can worry about that in the close season, I think. Cross the bridge when you get to it. Yeah. Sophia outlines, uh, from being fairly solid in recent matches, we went back to looking weak at set pieces. Did Slav say anything about this post-match? You kind of covered it a little bit, but did he did he address the set pieces? Yeah, he just addressed the whole team defensively, really. And he was very, I mean, that's, I mean, that's why he's such a joy to work with, because you, you never, you, you, you can ask him a question I mean, basically, after a game, the first question to Slaven is always, Slaven, how did you see that one? Basically, like, give us your thoughts on the game. And he always talks for about four minutes. He always just goes completely off on one and tells you absolutely everything he, he thinks about it. And he's always completely honest. He, he, he never shirks anything. And he, he, and he says it exactly as I think most people see it. Um, and he said he was absolutely thrilled with the way his team looked going forward and he was disappointed with how they defended he said he couldn't be pleased with his whole team um, because they did they did look and he said they looked and like I said he said they looked nervous and stuff so yeah it's always nice for those things to happen following a win mm. um, they were fantastic defensively against Sheffield Wednesday they did struggle a bit against Hull look they're going to have to defend better against Derby they know that everyone knows that um, but the, but there's no reason to suggest they won't. That Albion, have, as I said, Albion been very, very good since lockdown defensively. So, I think we can all expect an improved defensive showing on Wednesday. Hmm. Alistair Jones, a uh, good friend of the podcast, Alistair Jones. Um, do you think we should be looking at screening the back four better than we do? Do we think that if we go up, we would get overrun in that area? I suppose one thing defensively that you're kind of forgetting a little bit about the whole game, was Jack Livermore wasn't starting that game. Livermore, I do feel, offers a bit more defensive nous than someone like Raheem Harper. Yeah, I think Raheem Harper goes... The work he does goes somewhat unnoticed. Um, like Billich did say after the Sheffield Wednesday game, he thought he was Albion's best player without the ball. Um, that said, Livermore is a master at it. Um, and anyone anyone would miss Jake Livermore. It's as simple as that. He's, he's just top draw for me. So... Yeah, I think. Again, I think I think it's, I think it's a question. Like, I mean, Alistair, I love Alistair. I do think it's a question that it, again is a little bit is a little bit um, reactive to the whole game. 
Mm. Like, I, I don't, like, Albion have defended very, very well. We're repeat, I'm repeating myself, but they have. It's only in the whole game where they haven't. And they still won the game. So, I, I think, I think, in the, I think in the Premier League you have to play midfield free. I've banged on about this a lot um, because you can get overrun. But I think if your midfield free was Jake Livermore and Romaine Sawyers and Filip Kravinovic, I don't think you would get overrun. And I think probably against Derby on Wednesday, Livermore has to come back in mm. um, just to give that bit more that, that bit more defensive now. So just to give that extra experience, really, um, against... Everyone knows Wayne Rooney, so yeah, I don't think I don't. I think probably Livermore will come back into that game, um, and when he does, I, I don't. I don't think I'll, I think that will play a big part in making sure Albion don't get overrun. Mm. Mark Hale, are you sure Luke Hatfield is working today? I'm actually working on a Monday. I, I did tweet oh, yeah. this when, and I was due to be off today, um, but I uh, and I did tell you this, didn't I? Yeah, don't act like it's for the podcast, though. Um, no, we've got Billich Presser at one thirty. Yeah, that's why. That's the real reason, folks. Um, but then you're off tomorrow. I'm off tomorrow now as well. But we were yeah. struggling for the podcast because I was off today and you're off tomorrow. Look at that. We're synchronising our, day our days off, mate. It's just nice to have a bit of communication, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's, you have been communicating more. I'll give you that. You can't. Uh, <laughs> Shocking. Uh, FGVWBA... Uh, do you think our previous frank, frankly woeful record against Derby in the past will play on the players' minds on Wednesday? Uh, not at all, no. Uh, I don't. I just think we're in such a weird time. Um, I don't know. I've always found it a bit odd. I mean, you do have bogey sides, don't you? Teams do have bogey sides. and uh, It is weird, this historical thing that you get. Every club has it with teams where they just traditionally don't do well against them but I just don't understand every game is different isn't it every game is completely unique um, mm. and these games are more unique than any other um, they really are um, with no fans in the ground I can promise you now having sat through four of them it doesn't get any more familiar is that the word any less mm. strange um, it is just as weird every single time um, and every single time I sit there and think I absolutely cannot wait for fans to come back. I read something, I think it was either yesterday or this morning. Am I right in hearing that West Brom pumped fan noise into They the, did into yesterday, the... yeah, they did, yeah. How did that go? Um, uh, it's, it's not a very good answer, but I've got so much to think about when a goal goes in. Like, mm. like I, w I want to tweet that there's been a goal. I want to describe the goal. Um, I want to get out there as quickly as possible. That I want to get all the details right. That it's neither here nor there for me. I've got to, mm. I've got to be honest. Um, so what was it? Just when the goal went in? Yeah, basically when the goal went in, there was... Um, yeah, there was like... Um, uh, yeah, crowd noise, but like a celebration noise. But it it was it, it was it was nothing like an actual goal went in. It was mm. it was very very obvious. It was a recording of a crowd. It didn't remotely sound like an actual crowd. It just sounded like a recording of a crowd, and it was just yeah. 
I have absolutely no idea why they decided to do it for that game and not the Blues game. I haven't really looked into it, to be honest. Mm. Um, yeah, it was just a bit... It was weird. But, ev but I can't... I know I'm repeating myself, but everything about it's weird. You can't get, you can't get used to it. Like, you just kind of mm. get used to it. You can't get used to the fact that the teams walk out the pitch at different ends. Or um, there's no handshakes at the start and you can hear everything. And it's just... It's just so weird. It's just, it was just another weird element to another weird football match. Um, yeah, and well, I'm so grateful to be going. I've always said this, like I'm so incredibly grateful to be going, but it isn't football. It isn't proper football. I, like, I'm missing real football still, just like everyone mm -hmm. who's not going. Like, I really, really can't wait for fans to be back because it's a world away without them. It's an absolute world away. Mm. Sonil Patel can you put your finger on by at times this season we've gone from shot shy to free scoring in games with no apparent explanation do you think it's a confidence issue uh, da, 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 da. I do I do uh, well uh, we went big on confidence earlier in the podcast I do think a lot of it is to do with confidence yeah like I think that's that, that's probably like point one um, point two is I think sometimes the players just need to be told Hmm. Um, I think they just need to. They, they, I think they've been guilty of overplaying since the restart, um, particularly in the games against Blues and Brentford. And the, 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 the times they were trying to walk it in, um, and yeah. and they don't have to do that. They just <coughs> like not every goal has to. Not every goal has to be. As ridiculous as it sounds, not every goal has to be a Mateus Pereira wonder ball, and a lovely finish by Kamal Grzycki. At the end of the day. That counts just the same as Amir Agazi's bullet header from a corner, doesn't it? So <laughs> I do think that I do think they were guilty of overplaying at times. Um, and we've talked. Bilic has spoken a lot about that panic. He always he, he talked about it a lot when we talked about it a lot as well. But that the Callum Robinson factor when he arrived, and he's willing to basically shoot on sight, shoot from anywhere. And Bilic sees that as a positive thing. He sees that he says even when. Your shot's way off target, or when it flies over the bar, or whatever. If it's easy, easy for the keeper to save, he said that still makes the opposition think. It still makes them panic a little bit, and still makes it makes it appear like that you're on the front foot and you're starting to be the aggressors and stuff. So I think maybe they just needed reminding a little bit. I think they just needed a bit reminding along the way. And, and you have to say that the reason why I love Robinson and Pereira and Dean Garner. And have Robson Carno as well, to be fair. Is, there's nothing direct about them, is there? Mm. I mean, they're just not direct footballers. Robson Carno, you can play direct with him in the team because his hold-up play is very, very good. But the truth is that, I mean, did you see that turn by Robson Carno yesterday? Cruyff turn where he took out two players? Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely, like, they're all, they're all about the flicks and tricks and the intricate passing and beautiful football and keep ball and... That little spell against Sheffield Wednesday where Callum Robinson and Pereira were doing little flicks back and forth to each other. And I think sometimes they probably all just need reminding, have a, have a go. Have a go and not, not, everything has to be, not everything has to be beautiful. And Austin actually said that, you know, after the Sheffield Wednesday game. Austin said, um, the lesson from Sheffield Wednesday is we don't have to play brilliantly to win. We don't, mm. have, to be, we don't have to put together two brilliant halves of football to win. He said winning is all that matters. Um, 
maybe that's what he meant. They don't have to be sensational from the first minute to the last. It doesn't always have to be. I can't think of a goal yesterday that wasn't brilliant, really. Like, Agassiz was direct. Austin's was a bit fortunate, I suppose. But Proper poachers finished that, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it's great. I mean, Austin in that situation is just ridiculous, isn't he? You just know he's going to put it in. But, yeah, I think that's a... That's a they just need. I think maybe they do just need reminding sometimes. Just have a go. Get the ball in the box. It, it's not. It doesn't always have to be this um, tippy tappy wonderful stuff. As much as we all love it, and we do love it, and that's what sets them apart. Um, I think sometimes they would ben- They do. Ben- they would benefit from just trying to. I think walk it in is a good phrase for them. Really, mm. like they don't have to always walk it in. They can. Uh, they can be a bit more, a bit more direct. Mm. Jess Aykroyd, uh, what did you think of The Last Dance on Netflix? Have you watched it, Joe? I've not watched it, no. Oh, mate, you need to watch it. It's absolutely unbelievable. Um, obviously, I'm a big basketball fan, so uh, I've got a little bit of bias in the situation, but even for those who just love a, a good documentary, oh, whack it on, it's great. Um, at you, Baggies, if all the managers in the championship had a scrap, who were your last three standing? <laughs> all the championship managers? Uh, okay, so obviously Marcelo Bielsa, uh, Slavon Bilic for Leeds, and what do you think now? Uh, the last Brom. Bielsa's old, uh, mate. Yeah, Alex Neil would be up for a scrap, wouldn't he? Uh, I reckon he's. I reckon his bark's worse than his bite. You reckon? Yeah. Um, Neil Warnock. Old. Thomas Frank. No. Nathan Jones. Oh, I bet he's a little terrier, actually. Yeah, I reckon he's. I reckon he, he he can handle himself. Danny Cowley. Nah. Paul Cook at Wigan. I reckon he can handle himself, but nah. Uh. Who else is there? I'm trying to find like an up-to-date list. Okay. Okay. Um. I think Billich should be would be able to handle himself. Yeah, Billich should definitely. Uh, I think Grant McCann can handle himself as well. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Um, definitely. Uh, Tony Mowbray, I wouldn't. I wouldn't count on no. winning in a fight. No disrespect to him. Lee Bowyer, he knows how to scrap. Yeah, he'd be a scrapper, wouldn't he, Lee Bowyer? Uh, yeah, definitely would. Um, I went back Thomas Frank. Uh, who else? Scott Parker, no chance. I'm not having that. Don't know. No, I don't know. He's for me. He seems like he's more of a talker. Mark Warburton. No. Steve Cooper. No. Pep Clotet. Yeah, I reckon he could handle himself. Sabri Lamucci. I can he can handle himself. Philip Cocky. I don't know, he seems a bit too like sophisticated. He was another player though, wasn't he? Mm, I, I don't know about Gary Monk. What do you reckon about Gary yeah, Monk? Yeah, I reckon he could. Gary Monk knows Oh Gary Rowett at Millwall as well. Rowett, yeah. I think last three standing are Billich. McCann. And row it. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. I'd agree with you. Uh, Although Billich, I just can't imagine him in a fight because he's so nice. 
Yeah, yeah I feel like Billich would, would would talk people down, wouldn't he? Be like, oh, why are you fighting? Yeah, Billich would. Yeah, he would like. Billich would definitely like. He's like a peacemaker. He's a peacemaker. Yeah. It'd be Ryan a big Glasgow. Royal Rumble, but Billich would stop it. Just by Billich being there, it would end up as like a nice dinner. Yeah. <laughs> he would. He would. He just calm the situation down and have everyone talking. Like, yeah, he would. Ryan Glasgow asks, as the restaurants are now open, where are you looking forward to going to the most? I don't, I don't know. Miller and Carter's my favourite, so maybe there. I'm, I'm up for a good Nando's, if anyone fancies a Nando's. <laughs> um, I've had the odd Nando's takeaway, though. Oh, no, they're not the same, Nando's takeout. Not the same at all. Um, okay, a couple more, a couple more. What was the pre-match meal for Joe before the game and Luke before the Villa game? Uh, well, I had a cheese, cheese and salad roll. Yesterday. Oh, mate, that doesn't sound great. No, desperate times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my wife did didn't make. Didn't stop it. at the Mackies, no. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Um, trying to. No, I don't know. No, I just didn't. What did you have? For those who tuned into the West Brom watch along, they'd have known what I had. How many people uh, are you getting watching that, by the way? What's that? How many people are watching that, by the way? A, f- a few people are watching it. You get around thirty people on there now. It's, it's, there's plenty of there's plenty of chit chat. Plenty of chit chat. There's some f- some familiar names as well. Part of me wishes I could watch it, to be honest. You can tune in from the Hawthorns. Well, I can't. I've got a game to watch, haven't I? You can just stick it on another tab and stick your headphones in. Um. Yeah, take that back. I'm not that desperate to watch it. Oh mate, that is poor. You know what? You can rewatch it. Can you? It's still on? Yeah, it's still on the West Brom oh, Facebook page. Oh, you can page. rewatch it. I will watch it. I'm fully expecting you to rewatch it now. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, 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 you can you can still watch it back. Um, for me though, I um, I mean, this isn't really a proper lunch. I had a low calorie ice cream, a full tub of it. Low calorie. Yeah, three hundred and sixty calories in a tub. Was it good or not? Mint chocolate chip, it was top notch. Was it? Yeah, I was eating it in the first half of the West Brom game. Just sitting there chatting about Albion eating ice cream. Um, And it was alright, even though it was low calorie? Yeah, yeah, it was decent. Oh, fair play. I love ice cream. You can get it from like Lidl or Audi or one of them. I do love ice cream. Oh, ice cream's the one. Elite flavour, mint chocolate chip as well. I I refuse to... Find anyone name a better ice cream flavour than that? Oh, that's my least favourite. What? Yeah, mint chocolate. Chip. Why would you bother? Oh, Why it's do you great. Want ice cream that reminds you of toothpaste. It doesn't. It's not spearmint flavour. It's not for me. And what would you go to? Either like a chocolate brownie or cookie dough. Oh, cookie dough is good. Cookie dough is my second favourite. They do do a cookie dough one. It's like chocolate chip cookie dough. Um, 350 calories or whatever it is I'm just scrolling through my tweets because I've got to give the programme away that I offered last week and there was one guy that won it the other day it did make me laugh what he tweeted but I can't remember what it was oh mate should we come to that at the end well yeah but I can't find it so I'm going to have to maybe we'll have to do it on the next podcast oh that is disappointing it's because it's got all the one job one job you had all the match reaction in my twitter feed Go on then, we've got one more question. One more from Dan Barnett. Mario Mandzukic has left his club and is available for free. Croatian link aside, 
Do you think there's any chance he might be tempted to join a newly promoted Premier League team? What a signing that'd be. Bilic loves them. He's spoken about them before. What? Um, yeah, he has, he's a huge Mandzukic fan. Oh, imagine him at the Albion. Um, I'm sure Bilic would love to sign him. Um, but I'd imagine his wages would be slightly beyond what Albion are willing to pay, wouldn't you? I'm just looking it up. How much money does Mario Mandzukic make? His salary last uh, in 2014 was €5 million. Euros. Was it? He made €19 million Euros last year. I mean, it would get everyone talking, wouldn't it? It would get everyone talking. It would, get, it would put Albion on the map a little bit, really. Oh, you got Mateus Pereira in behind Mario Mandzukic. Yeah, I think it might be a bit of a pipe dream, but... Oh, it's pipe dreams go. I'm willing to dream about it, though. How old is he? I'll tell you what, he's better than Keenan Davis, isn't he? I mean, you're doing Keenan Davis a slight disservice because he's very young and he's, he's untested. Uh, Mario Mandzukic is 34. Um, yeah. Do you reckon there's any way that he, could, he might be able to just have a word with him? Yeah, you never know, do you? You never know. You never know. He might want to test himself in the Premier League. Um, I'll tell you what, what, what a way to finish your career if you're 34. Could happen. Wasn't he linked with Man United this time last year, though? Oh, yeah, they're not going for him now, are they? Um, yeah. That would be ludicrous. Imagine that signing. It's like when Villa signed John Terry. Yeah, he's doing well for you, isn't he? He's, he's coaching now, mate. Didn't you give him a break? Coaching a defence that concedes two goals a game. What do you mean? Against Liverpool. They've been great defensively since the, since the restart. Have they? They're pretty decent, yeah. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. I mean, conceded two against Liverpool. It's Liverpool at Anfield. Liverpool. Conceded two against Chelsea. Come on. Already on the beach. Already on the beach? They're playing for the European places, man. No, Liverpool. No, do me a favour. At the end of the day, you played 33 games and you conceded 62 goals. So yeah, it's, so it's less than two goals a game. That's what you're telling me. Yeah, it's also the worst defensive record in the division, mate. Norwich. Yeah, but it's less than less less than two oh, goals. Right, I tell you what, mate. If that's what if that's what makes you happy, then yeah, take it. One minute though. Norwich have conceded six. What's, what's Bournemouth's back for like? Better than yours. Is it? Do you know why? Fifty-nine. Because they sold Tyrone Mings. We're done. You and me. We're done. We're done. Absolutely done, and we're finished. Well, this I'm podcast this, will be an hour, this. and it's an hour and two, and we haven't done a derby preview yet. Yeah, that's what we're doing now, and then we're done forever. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> You're so mean. Um, derby and Blackburn coming up. Um, so, yeah, Derby. That's, that's, I mean, it's looking like a really tough game, isn't it? Derby have been in fine form. Obviously, I know they, they didn't get a win last time out. Um but with Wayne Rooney in the side, they look a real, real problem, don't they? Yeah, so I don't know. I did say this on the video, and I haven't had a chance really to um, to, to look into it. But it certainly it was true as of last week that if you basically made a championship table from the point Wayne Rooney joined Derby, they were top. Um, Shock horror, England's leading goal scorer, or whatever. Um, England's leading goal scorer, Man United's record goal scorer. Um, 
joins a championship team and starts running circles around people. A player who I think is underappreciated and undervalued. Um, I really do. Um, I just think he's been absolutely f- phenomenal career. You see his free kick the other day. My word. Yeah, yeah. He's a very. I mean, he'll, he'll be able to do that when he's fifty-five, won't he? He's just that gifted. So, yeah, it's a tough game. It, it's a tough game. It really is. Um, it's in. It's going to be interesting because Brentford obviously play on Tuesday. Um, mm. But Albion have responded well when they've been playing second. It's interesting because a, a couple of people asked these questions and I didn't get around to getting them asked. Would you rather play first or play second? Bilic talked about it and he said he's not bothered. Um, he's really not... Me personally, I'd prefer to play early. I'd probably prefer to be setting the mark. Um, he says there's more pressure when you play... He doesn't like it when you play like the Blues game when... You're basically playing at the same time, but just a couple mm. of hours apart. He said he doesn't like that, um, but he's not. He's obviously not first if they go first or second. Um, the Derby game, it's going to be hard. There's no doubt about it. It's going to be hard. They've had a fantastic run. So, but from what we understand from Derby, from what the, the general consensus of their season is, that Philip Koku came in very, very late. I mean, I think we, it went, when you look back, everyone can remember it, but. Literally everyone knew Frank Lampard was Chelsea manager for about six weeks before he was appointed. Um, yeah. It was a really bizarre one. Um, but it dragged on and dragged on and that meant the Derby were late getting a manager in. Eventually got Philip Cocu in, um, who was an absolute wonderful footballer for Holland. Um, and they have got... And it took him... A, a, it's, fair, it's fair to say it took him a while to find their feet under him. Um, they, they had to bed themselves in. They had to adapt to their new manager. And they've got some absolutely cracking young players. Um, mm. the, what, the main one is, is this Louis Sibley lad um, who was attacking midfield and number 10 who has basically come out of nowhere the last couple of months um, and absolutely smashes them in. And the lad Bird in central midfield who is playing alongside Rooney, defensive midfielder, um, and they're both, I mean, Bird's 19, Sibley, I'm just looking now, he's 18. Um, so they've had the emergence of these young players, Derby, who basically benefited from lockdown. Um, it's allowed them more time to develop, spend more time with the first team. And they found their rhythm under Koku, they found their way, and then suddenly they've had these young players come in. They've added Wayne Rooney in January, who is... Of, First and foremost, an incredible footballer, but second of all, an absolutely wonderful like role model for these young players. Um, and it's all coming together for them. Um, it's kind of a really nice story, really. Like it's, it, it's, it, you can't not be sort of a little bit watching Derby with a little bit of interest. Um, the fact that especially after their story from last season, you know, making it all the way to play a final. Yeah, making it all the way to the playoff final and then going bold again with the manager appointment and and the fact that they have got... I mean, everyone wants to see young players come through and everyone kind of wants to see young players be mentored by someone like Wayne Rooney, um, who obviously can draw on such a vast career. Um, They're a very, very interesting team for the neutral. That's what they've become. Um, 
so the banging form, I think uh, on a six game form table, they're second, joint top on 16 points. So it's going to be a really, really tough game. I think, but we do always have a danger of over egging these sides and, and, and worrying about the opposition too much. And you look at it and you still think they've got good players. They've got good players, but Pereira gets in their team, Dean Garner gets in their team. Um, Probably Callum Robinson gets in their team. Whoever, you know what I mean? whoever, whoever one of those wild for attacking options gets in their team. Shami Ajay gets in their team. Kieran Gibbs gets in their team if he was fit. Jay Livermore gets in their team. So there's no... Albion is still above them for a reason. Um, mm -hmm. the, the Albion have, have, have got more quality in their ranks, I'd say. Um, but this is a tough game there's no doubt about it they're, 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 they're two very very good sides very very good two very very good championship sides and Derby if we're being honest probably look good for a playoff spot this year yeah, yeah. Um, which considering they did make a slow start is like good going I mean they're three points outside at the minute so they are running out of time but you wouldn't back against them getting in certainly wouldn't um I mean, of course, need to keep an eye on that Brentford game, which going ahead tomorrow. They're playing Charlton, um, maybe hoping that Charlton might be able to do him a favour. After that, they've got Blackburn. But do you want to give me some predictions for these games? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What Brentford want, as well? Uh, you can if you want. I, th I think personally, Brentford will win, but I think West Brom will pull out a big win against Derby as well. Do you? Hmm. I think, I think we might have a round of draws, you know. You reckon? Yeah, I think this might be the week where it just starts to catch up with everyone a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I think it, I reckon Brentford might draw a Charlton and I think, I think Albion might draw with Derby. That'd be interesting. Yeah. But you're going, what, Brentford win, Albion win? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and I think Leeds will complete the set for that top three as well and get a win against Stoke. Do you? Yeah. I fancy Stoke in that one. Do you reckon? Yeah. I mean, it'd be handy, but I can't see it personally. Um, who are Middlesbrough playing? Don't know. Um, yeah, so I don't know. It's gonna be. I don't know. It's pretty. I don't know. I don't know. I, I can see Albion winning the game. I can see them drawing the game as well. To be honest. Um, but I'd be very, very content if, if they matched Brentford's result. Yeah, I think that's what you take right now, isn't it? Um, right, that just about does this, Joe. Are you, are you going to ask for more people to ask uh, to send in tweets, are you? No, 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 no. I'm going to have to dig that one out. I'll spend time digging that out. I meant to do it before I started, but there was one that was hilarious. It really made me smile, so I'm going to... They're definitely the winner. I think it only came in yesterday. All oh, um, right, okay, fair play. Um... Yeah, we'll pick a winner and then we'll read the tweets out because they were some of them were hilarious. To be fair. All right. Okay. We'll read them out next week, shall we? Um, yeah. 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 When are you gonna? Right, just... When are you gonna change your little picture to your little flag? You and your flag. What flag? You and, you and your little flag. What? Oh, you mean the watch along picture? Yeah, it's lovely that is. You look so happy. I had no, I had no creative input into that whatsoever. You look so happy, your little lad, and your little flag. It's cute. Oh, cheers, mate. <laughs> Sorry. 
Right, that just about does this for another episode. We'll be back next week, uh, hopefully after some more Albion wins. But from me, from Joe, a fond farewell. Thank you.